right, uh, welcome here. It's good to see you. Um, my name is Ike Unger. I'm the lead pastor here at Deer Run Church. And so we're going to get straight into the sermon today. And so if you have your Bibles with you, uh, open your Bibles to, Lu- uh, to Ruth um, chapter 1. Uh, we're continuing our series, um, Building Lasting Relationships from the Book of Ruth. And uh, as you saw in the video, Pastor Jonathan talked about last week's sermon. And if you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to go watch it. Um, today we want to talk um, further on this topic of building lasting relationships. And, and we want to talk this morning about being tested. And so if you have your Bibles with you, uh, Ruth chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 6. I'm going to read quite a few verses. We're going to go all the way to 22. Um, if you have the Version Bible app or the Bible app, you can follow along there as well. And if you have your devices out, turn to Ruth chapter 1. And I'm going to just trust you to keep your Bibles open to that because we're going to go back and reference some of those spots and you're just going to be, have, to, have to be responsible for yourself to quickly find them and to, um, to focus on them. So Ruth chapter 1, verses 6. When Naomi had heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-laws, and to her daughter-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as of you shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud. And she said to them, We will go back with you. And they said, and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who, who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. But if I thought... Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grow up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this she wept, at this they wept aloud again. Then Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. When you die, I will die. Where you die, I will die. And there we will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because they saw them. And the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she said. She told them, Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the, as the barley season was beginning. What we want to do today is we're going to look at two women. We're going to look at Orpha, and we want to look at Naomi. And in these 
two women, you see how their relationships and how their view of relationships and, and how their spirit with which they made decisions was, was tested extremely. And, and Ruth obviously was tested as well, and, and she had a very different you know, um, process of making the decision than these other two ladies did. But we want to look, starting at Orpha, and she illustrates or she represents for us those people who would leave an established relationship to go back to what had been before. Those who would possibly leave an established relationship, maybe even a healthy relationship, and instead of staying with it, instead of enduring the, the difficulties, instead of a, a, you know, working through the challenges, these people would rather go back to what they had before. So as we examine Orpha's life, we must remember that she's lost her husband, so we need to be kind to her. But at the same time, I think there are some things that we can look at. And, and maybe by looking at it, it sounds like we're being insensitive to her, who, to her situation. But I want us to look at the things that she went through and see what we can learn. She's lost her husband, and now she's even encouraged by her own mother-in-law to go back to her family, to go back to her old culture, to her old gods. Given such an easy way, she makes a decision then to go back. She sort of has this attitude, and we're going to look more at the spirit of the decisions that are made than the actions themselves, but both Ruth and Naomi have certain spirits with which they are making these decisions. And, and here, Orpha seems to have this decision, this spirit of, in her that says, if things don't work out, I'll just walk out. If things don't work out the way I want them, then I'll go back, I'll walk out, and I will explore other options. So what I want to do is I want to start by looking at why do some people have this attitude towards relationships? Why do some people have this attitude that if, if it doesn't work out the way I want, then I will just go back and I'll just walk away from the relationship? Let's look at a few of these. One of them you will see is walking away seems like an attractive option. There are going to be times in your life where walking away from a relationship, from an established relationship, is going to seem attractive. It's going to seem like, you know, something that could be good for you. Compared to the life that she had been living, walking away for Orpha must have looked very attractive. On the surface, cutting her losses must have been, you know, not that difficult. Her husband's gone, and, and she doesn't really know these people who, who Naomi is going back to. And so moving, you know, back to her old family was very attractive. So there's a number of different reasons that people will walk away from Different reasons, but let's look at two really quickly, and they fall under this category of why people will walk away from relationships. One of the reasons that people will often walk away from relationships is to have unmet expectations fulfilled. Every relationship has expectations. Everyone who goes into a relationship enters with expectations already in place. And this is why when we do our premarital counseling, that's one of the key things that we focus on, and that is what is your expectation of marriage? What are you expecting of each other? And if you don't make each other uh, aware of those, you're going to go into this relationship and those expectations are there. And so with Orpha, there must have been expectations that she had that now went completely unfulfilled. So on the surface, you know, things may have looked okay, but now she's at this place where those expectations were not, you know, fulfilled. And so she decides that frustration, you know, and all those things that develop and then tension follows. She decides instead of sticking this out, she's going to go back. And this is true in all of our relationships. And it's also true, which is what I want to focus mostly on, is it's also true in our relationship with Jesus. That we have expectations, 
of Jesus. We have expectations, and we'll look at that a little bit more. And so Orpha has had her fill of unfulfilled expectations. For example, some of the expectations she would have had that anyone else would have had that's getting married. For example, she would have had, you know, the expectation of marital bliss. Likely she dreamt of being married and, and enjoying life together with a husband. But instead, what has she done? She has been nursing her husband most likely her whole life. Because remember, his name is Kilian and his name meant, you know, fading away. This was a man who was sickly. This was a man who was born ill. And so she married this guy. And so her whole life as a married woman would have been caring for her husband. And at some point when you enter a relationship, you may tire of always giving and never receiving. And so she would have had the expectation of marital bliss. Then there would have also been the expectation of maternal joy. She wanted to have babies. And most ancient cultures of that time viewed having children as the highest blessing of marriage. And yet, Orpha has no children. And most likely this is a result of her husband being ill, but you know, that big expectation in her life was now unfulfilled. Then there's the material security. The fact that Naomi was well known and that you know, her, and, um, her family was so well known means that most likely they had a lot of money. And so then when all the men died... The money kind of died with it. And so now Orpha's looking at her situation and she realizes she's going to have to sell everything she has in order to survive. And so all of these things are, you know, not unrealistic. These are, these are good expectations to have, but for Orpha, all of them have now gone unfulfilled. And so sometimes we may want to leave a relationship because we have unmet expectations. Another reason we may want to leave um, relationships is because of the promise of excitement. Naomi told her daughter-in-law to find a new husband. And for Orpha, this would have been a new beginning, to walk away from the relationship that she had been in. You know, he's passed away, and, and maybe the relationship had always been her nursing and her caring. And now all of a sudden there's this promise of a new beginning. So walking away from a relationship can seem attractive because there's the promise without the problems. And so many people will walk away from one relationship to another relationship because they desire some new excitement. They desire something new. The reality, though, is that often it isn't better. Often it is. It, it can be, but often it is not. You know, so you have this moment of excitement, but often the problems from the past seem to follow. I believe that these two reasons apply to our earthly relationships, but I think they also apply to our spiritual relationship with Jesus. That sometimes we may have had, like I said a little bit ago, we may have had these expectations of what being a Christian would be like. You know, I'll give my life to Jesus and suddenly things are going to be easier, better. You know, I'm going to have this constant joy. I'm going to have this fulfillment that the pastor was talking about that I've hurt other people. And now I'm in this place of turmoil. I'm in this place of struggle. And this expectation of what relationship with Jesus would be like hasn't been fulfilled or it hasn't turned out quite like you thought. Or maybe the other side of that is you're in this place and to be really honest, you've gotten bored of being a Christian. You've gotten bored of this whole, you know, living a certain way and, and, and being careful with what you do and, and the devotion time and, and some of those kind of things. And, and to be honest, You've just kind of neglected it because you've gotten bored with it and now you're looking at this going, I wonder if I should just walk away and find something new. Go back to some of the things the world promises. Something exciting because this whole church thing, this whole Jesus thing, 
this has kind of gotten old. I want you to wrestle with your life and ask yourself, is there, is there steps that are beginning to take in your life? Are you beginning to take steps that lead you to walking away from your relationship with Christ? See, Orpha was at a crossroad. She had to make a decision, stay or leave. And you may find yourself at a similar place. And if you're watching online, you, you may be sitting who knows where right now, and, and maybe you're really wrestling with this idea of saying, do I stay with this? Is Jesus really fulfilling my life like I thought he would? Is there something more exciting for me? So we need to check ourselves and to see because sometimes the reason we leave is this whole idea that there's maybe something better for us, more, more exciting for us. Another reason why people sometimes leave or another um, um, motivation for leaving is that, number two, walking away may seem like an acceptable option. I don't know about you, but I found it surprising that Naomi would actually encourage her daughter-in-laws to go back to their old gods. It speaks volumes about Naomi's personal relationship with God. And she says, just go back to your old God. Just continue on with what you once had. And so these women were both encouraged. Ruth and Orpha were both encouraged. Go back to your old relationships. And so when Orpha heard this, she decided it was something that she was going to do. So today, sometimes we may hear some of the same things. You know, we may hear things like, I have the right to be happy. And, and you may even hear, like, God wants me to be happy. And so I'm not happy right now in my faith. And I'm not happy in my relationship. And so I'm going to go look for something else. And so sometimes it seems like an acceptable thing to do. I want to throw in this disclaimer. Some relationships should end. Okay? Do not hear me say that you should stay in an abusive relationship. Do not hear me say that you shouldn't stay in an unhealthy relationship, especially if you're at the beginning stages of a relationship. Some relationships should end, but our relationship with Jesus should not end, ever. But I want you to know this as well, that your relationship with Jesus will be tested. Your relationship with Jesus is not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be smooth. It's not always even going to make sense. Your relationship with Jesus, just like any other relationship, is going to have moments where you will be tested. You will be challenged. You will walk through uncertainty. You will walk through difficulties. And so we need to make sure that even in times when maybe it seems somewhat acceptable to step out, that we remain faithful. There will be times when what you believe about Jesus or your faith in Jesus may not line up with what's happening in the world. And you're going to have to try to put the two together. Here's what's happening in the world, and, and yet here's what I believe about Jesus, and they don't seem like they quite line up. There are crossroads that we will have to navigate, and we will have to navigate them carefully. There will be times when walking away from faith may seem acceptable. Let me give you just a few, and I'm speaking now especially to those in, you know, who are young adults or, or those who are you know, sometimes in their teen years and, and they find themselves in this place where they start to really wrestle with their church and, and with other Christians. And sometimes in the midst of this, in the years that I've worked with young adults, they've said to me, it just doesn't seem to make sense. I'm learning this, I'm experiencing this with my friends and with university and college. And then this is what you teach at the church. And, and all of a sudden, they, they can't line them up anymore. For example... You may want to walk away from church, which often results from walking away from faith because your church is, isn't focused on the 
issues that you feel they should be focused on. Your church is not focused on the stuff that's happening in the world. And, and sometimes people have said to me, the church seems so removed from what's happening in the world. You may be watching right now. You may be here right now going, I'm not sure I want to continue this relationship because the church seems so disengaged. And I'm just challenging us today to think about what will we do with those challenges when they come because every relationship will be tested. You've maybe met Christians and they're hypocrites. And you just don't even want to be associated with them. And so you're tempted to kind of distance yourself. All of these can be beginnings of walking away. You may feel that you're not good enough. You see us all on Sunday morning and we all seem to have it together. You show up and you know what's going on in your life. And you're thinking to yourself, I'm not good enough. And so you're like, man, I can't even, I can't measure up to what is expected of me. So I'm just going to walk away. So there are going to be times in your life as a Christian where it's going to feel, it's not true, but it's going to feel like walking away is an option. And it's an acceptable option. I want to challenge you. When those moments come, that you dig in deep and you do not take one step away, but instead you take and you respond like Ruth did and you journey with Jesus through those struggles because you will come out at the end of it better for it. Third reason, walking away at times may even seem easy. It may seem like an easy option. I said last week that if you want to live a simple life, blame other people for everything. Blame other people for everything in your life. It is the easiest way to make it through life. And you may end up with no friends, but guess what? You can blame others for that as well. You will never have to take responsibility for anything. But here's the reality. With relationships, that is not true. Relationships are not easy. Relationships are never easy. Orpha walked away because she was left with the possibility, or she herself had maybe left open this possibility of walking away. And in your marriage and in your relationship with your parents, within your relationship with your children, with your friends, if you leave the door open to leaving you may enter through very quickly. And the same is true with your relationship with Jesus. In those moments when you have doubt, if you leave open the possibility of leaving, you are going to find yourself suddenly wrestling with whether or not you should. Because there will be times where as a Christian, the easiest thing to do would be to walk away. Why deal with the struggles? Why deal with the temptations? Why deal with the commitment to living this life for Christ when you could just indulge in what you want? There will be times when walking away will be the easiest thing or it will feel like the easiest thing to do. Again, this is true for every relationship. And there's a moment in John chapter 6 when Jesus gave this very hard teaching and many of his followers got up and left. Think about it. They are in the presence of Jesus. They're face to face with Jesus. And they got up and they walked away. So may our attitude in those times when, when we feel like Jesus is maybe asking a bit too much. Or when the journey with him is really challenging. May our attitude be that of Peter. When he spoke on behalf of the disciples. When Jesus looked at them and said, will you leave as well? I know it's a hard teaching. Are you going to walk away as well? Look at what he says in John chapter 6, verse 68. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. May our mindset always be the same. Lord, who will we go to? So let's 
never allow ourselves to enter into these places where walking away would become an option for us. But let's look for a moment now at Naomi. Because Naomi maybe helps us understand some of the reasons for why people struggle in their faith and why people struggle with, you know, um, the stuff that's going on in their life. Naomi is this beautiful woman. You know her name. Uh, you know what her name means, and we'll look at that in a little bit. But what we see now in these verses, we see a woman who's filled with bitterness. Bitterness will be one of the challenges Possibly one of the biggest challenges that you will find in a relationship. Because when there are unmet expectations, bitterness will come. When it's no longer fun, it's no longer exciting, bitterness will follow. Bitterness is one of those things that's going to eat away at any relationship you have unless you deal with it. As with Orpha, we are more concerned here about Naomi's spirit than her actions. And Naomi does the right thing. She goes back to her homeland, but she does it for all the wrong reasons. She did it out of necessity, not out of worship. She didn't do it out of loyalty. She simply went for herself. And so what happens? As a result of that, she's robbed of the joy of returning to her home people, of returning to her homeland. So when we look at Naomi, we see a couple things. We notice that she carries a burden, and that she the burden that she carries, we notice she's burdened deeply. No one would suggest that her pain, that her heartache and her disappointment aren't warranted. Clearly, Naomi has gone through misery. Naomi has experienced tremendous loss. Certainly, she has been overwhelmed by all the things that have happened in the last little while. Her life has completely unraveled. Look at what she has lost. She's lost her husband. Her children, her security, her possessions, her status, her reputation, and now it appears she's lost the closeness that she had with God. Naomi carries this burden, this tremendous burden. So before we judge Naomi too quickly, we should try to imagine how we would respond in a situation where we have lost that much. By verse 6, we see that she is carrying this heavy, heavy burden. So when we hear, so when she hears that things are better in Bethlehem, naturally what she desires to do is to go back, but she now goes back carrying this weight, this burden upon her. You also notice the bitterness that she harbors. Emotional pain that goes untreated can poison any Christian. You may wear a smile here to church. You may wear a smile when you go to the store. You may be friendly with your family. You've got this facade that all is going well. But if bitterness is at the root or if bitterness has taken hold, it will poison you. It will begin to destroy your attitude and your relationships with other people. And she harbors this bitterness. And eventually, this bitterness begins to affect her in a deep way. Notice that Naomi Naomi admittedly, uh, openly and freely admits that she's grown bitter. Remember the meaning of her name? Her name, Naomi, means pleasant one or sweet one. And now she returns and people are, aren't you Naomi? Aren't you sweet one? Aren't you pleasant one? And what does she do? She says, no, 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 no. Don't call me that anymore. Call me Mara, which means bitter one. She embraces, in a sense, her bitterness because she sees how much, or she only sees the pain that she has experienced. Bitterness is going to have significant impact on our lives. Bitterness tends to, bitter people tend to blame other people for their problems. Now, at the risk of sounding insensitive to Naomi, 
We have to ask this question though. Who created her situation? Who created this environment that she was in? It was her and her husband possibly who made the decision to leave and to go, up, to, go to Moab, which resulted in so many troubles in their lives. But she never takes responsibility. She doesn't blame even her husband. She blames God. Look at verse 13. She says, The Lord's hand has turned against me. Verse 20, The Almighty has made my life very bitter. Verse 21, The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Naomi slipped into this place of bitterness. And it had an impact, a negative impact on her. But what's amazing and what I want you to see in this story if you continue to read the book of Ruth, you will see that even though Naomi has entered into this time of bitterness, God is already working. Even though she blamed God for what was going on in her life, God was already working to redeem her. All she needed to do was return. And the word return is a key word is mentioned many times in the first chapter. It is a key word in this first chapter of Ruth. It represents repentance. And it reminds us that we can always rebuild. That no matter what relationship we're in, no matter how broken it is, there's a possibility of rebuilding. And if you have broken away from your relationship with God, it can be rebuilt. I want to tell you a story about Charlotte Elliott. She's from England. And she was an embittered woman. Her health was broken and disabilities, you know, had taken their toll on her. And she'd become this hardened, hardened angry, bitter woman. She cried out one time, if God loved me, he would not have treated me this way. Hoping to help her, a Swiss minister named Caesar, Dr. Caesar Milan was invited to the family's home in 1822. And during dinner, she lost her temper and she screamed at God, she screamed at her family, and everyone embarrassed got up and left, and she was left there with the doctor and just to her and the doctor. And he stared at her across the table. And he said this to her. You are tired of yourself, aren't you? You are holding to your hate and anger because you have nothing else in the world to cling to. Consequently, you have become sour, bitter, and resentful. What is the cure? Asked Charlotte. The answer was the faith you are trying to despise. And as they talked, her her tone began to soften and she began to soften. And she said, if I want to become a Christian and share the peace and joy you possess, what should I do? You should give yourself to God as you are now. With your fightings and fear, hates and love, pride and shame, he answered. Her response was, so I would come to God just as I am. Is that right? And that is what she did. She gave her life to God that day. Several years later, Charlotte wrote a poem, and it was printed and sold across England. And this poem has now become a famous invitational hymn, possibly the most famous invitational hymn. Let me read it to you, and I'm sure as soon as I do, you'll know it. Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that you bid me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot. To thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt. 
fightings within and fears without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, wretched, blind, sight, riches, healing of the mind. Yes, all I need in Thee to find, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, Thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, receive. Because Thy promise, I believe, O God, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, Thy love unknown has broken every barrier down. Now, to be Thine, yea, Thine alone, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. I want to speak for a moment to those of you who are so heavy on my heart. If you're watching online, I'm speaking to you. If you're watching this and listening to this later and you've made the decision to walk away, I want to invite you back. Not just to church, but to a relationship with Jesus. So I wonder if some of you here, even here in this room right now, find yourself like Orpha. And you're tempted to walk away. It looks easier. It looks simpler. It just looks attractive. It, it just seems like, you know what? I'm tired of all of this. Would you consider returning? Or maybe like Naomi, your life has not turned out like you had hoped. And I don't need to give you a list of things that haven't turned out in your life, you are very much aware of the things that are hurting and burdening you right now. And there you are in the midst of your unmet expectations. There are, you are in the midst of your bitterness. But maybe what you haven't considered is what these things have done to you, what, what impact, what effect they have had on you. Are you filled with bitterness? Are you filled with feeling God is not meeting your needs. My question for you is, if that is the case, then would you consider returning and opening yourself up for healing, asking Him to give you joy again, to renew your spirit? Maybe you entered into your relationship with God and, and you didn't think it would be tested as much as it has been. Maybe you're gospel was such that, well, as I give my life to Jesus, everything is done and everything is easy. And, and when we throw this little tagline out there, sometimes that when you give your life to Jesus, you cross a starting line, not a finish line. That doesn't make sense to you because in your mind, you gave your life to Jesus and now all you need to do is sit back and wait. And suddenly, but life hasn't been that way. Life has been difficult. It has been challenging. If you find yourself in that place today where you've become bitter with God or you've become maybe unsatisfied, I want to challenge you would you return to Him and invite Him into your life so that you can experience the true riches of who He is in your life? If you've never invited Jesus into your heart, would you consider doing so now? Know that Jesus loves you. And whether you want to admit it or not, you need a Savior. You cannot save yourself from sin. And, and I know we don't like to even say that we're sinners, but the reality is we are sinners who need a Savior. And if you've never invited Jesus into your life, would you consider doing so now? Just acknowledge to Him right now that you are a sinner 
and that only He can save you because He is the one. He is the one who died and rose and is seated at the Father's right hand at this moment and can give you eternal life in Him. So I want to invite you, if you've listened to this morning and as I've talked, if you've sort of said, man, I wonder if I've taken some steps to walk away from my faith, if you would consider today renewing your relationship with Jesus and renewing that bond that you have with Him so that you can continue to walk through the trials that will come. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Jesus, I want to thank you for this time, and as we close, I pray that you would, in each one of us, stir in our hearts whether we have wandered from you, whether we've walked away. And Father, if there's anyone here now in the room or listening live, and they've taken those small steps to leave you, to walk away from you, I pray that at this moment they would just be burdened to return. That there would just be an awakening and they would just recognize that this is not leaving them to where they need to be. So Father, I pray that you would move in them. And if there's someone here today who's never given their life to you, I pray, God, at this very moment that they would make that decision and surrender their lives to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.